Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now sharpen yourself in the Spirit. Receive the Word above the level of your need. For I'm preparing you now to live a victorious life in the midst of some of the most strained circumstances the earth has ever seen. So open your ears and open your heart and open your life and let me come in in my fullness and you will experience what it means to live in the life of God in the midst of so much death, in the light of God in the midst of so much darkness, and in the blessing of God in the midst of so much poverty. So rejoice today that you made the decision to serve Him with all of your heart for you shall soon see the benefit greatly outweigh any other decision you would make. So rejoice today that you are chosen, you are called, and as you respond, you will be equipped and supplied for in these days to be the expression of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, that's so true. I, I, I've, I've really been exhorting people for ever since the COVID sting, thing started and things we were sensing that was just coming, that just, we've known it for years. But now more than ever, serve God. Read your Bible. Pray. Be a witness. Be a giver. Be generous. Because I guarantee you, the days that are coming, the enemy has tried to design them in such a way to, 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 to shut down churches, shut down moves of God. Listen, even this little thing like the causeway, you might not think it's much, but still, if it keeps one person out of church, it's, 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 it ain't God, amen? So we just need to continue to pray and believe God for, for unrestricted access to church. You say, Pastor, well, what if they, what if they tell, you, tell, tell us we can't go to church anymore? We're going to figure out how to have it. You say, well, you can't do anything illegal. Tell it to Jesus. Just tell it to Jesus when he healed on the Sabbath. Illegal. Drove the money changers out of the temple. Illegal. We'll we'll touch on that later. You love the Lord? Give him a shout and be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take a few moments to teach the word this morning. If you will, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Brother Greg Fritch will be with, with the church and Brother Danny Johnson. Those two weeks we will be in Europe, ministering in North Ireland, South Ireland, and in France. So we're very excited about going and uh, seeing what the Lord has for us, what the Lord is doing. I'll tell you, it's an awesome day. We're going to have an awesome summer. We've got some things planned for the summer that is just going to really be blessed. Be a blessing. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me read here. Verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and and of power, that your faith, everybody say my faith, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
Now, understand that the, the philosophical level of humanity had risen quite high in the day in which the Apostle Paul lived. Not only that, he was a, he was a vastly educated man uh, in, the, in the Word of God that had to do with the law and the Torah. So he had an enormous amount of information that he never drew on. He was drawing on the information that the Holy Spirit was giving him, that revelation was getting, that he was getting. And as he drew on this revelation and began to minister in the churches and places he would go, he would go there and he would teach and preach the Word of God. But then the demonstration of the Spirit, the power of God in manifestation, while even in, uh, uh, in Acts chapter 19, it says special miracles. Well, hallelujah. Thank God for just miracles. I'm ready for a few special miracles. Amen. We're wrought from the hands of Paul that the anointing was so strong upon his life that, that the different aprons and pieces of clothing that they wore, they would take and cut them out, cut them up, and send them to people that needed ministry they couldn't get to, and they'd be healed, delivered, and set free. Pretty powerful anointing. Amen. So he wants us to have faith in that power. Now, it's like this. It's the Word of God that produces the faith and the power. You don't sit around waiting for the power to manifest and say, boy, I tell you, when the power happens, I'll really believe God then. It'll never happen. Doesn't work like that. So you must make a decision to press in and live by faith. And as we've said many times, so much of Christianity, has they have left the dimensions of God's power, but, and they still try to stay in the Word of God, but it's very hard for them to do. So they have to, they have to lean toward philosophy. And there are people that are great encouragers and people that can really bring, uh, you know, great encouragement to your soul and to your heart. But in, in reality, you need the information of the Word of God to produce faith in your heart. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Thank God for great stories. Thank God for psychology or philosophy that might can give you a little soul relief, but only God can impart His power. Amen. Now, just for a moment, this one scripture seems out of place. And I was with you in weakness and in fear, and in much trembling. That doesn't sound like a very good faith confession. You know, if I got up here on a Sunday morning and said, well, I'm here, but I'm so afraid, I'm shaking. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> well, you know what happened? Here's the deal. Everywhere the apostle Paul went, the enemy opposed him. And some of the, op uh, some of the opposition was very painful. He was stoned, he was beat with rods, he was left in the sea. And, the, and the, if you do the, a study, and I've heard so much goofy stuff on Paul's thorn in the flesh. I don't think anything makes me any angrier than hearing somebody teach that Paul was sick and infirmed. Amen? Paul's thorn in the flesh was people that opposed him, that stoned him at Lystra, that beat him with rods. That everywhere he went and preached the gospel, he said, you know, praise God, God, people getting saved, people getting healed, but I'm getting a tar beat out of me. So by the time he gets to Corinth, by the time rolls around for God to move in Corinth, Paul's like this, I don't want to go. I don't want to go get myself beat up again. I don't want to. And, the, and, and the God, Jesus literally appeared to him and said, listen, I've got much people in this place. So you can, you can imagine how when he first came and got into the pulpit, he's probably looking around. See if anybody had any rocks or rods. <laughs> Amen. So the, so the intimidation of the enemy was trying to work on him, but thank God he obeyed God, went to Corinth, broke that curse over his life. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 28, he abode in his own house 
preaching the gospel for two years. That was before he was executed and no man forbade him. He was delivered of his thorn in the flesh. But he had to rely on the power of God, the power of his own ministry and the power of the, the revelation in him to keep him going and keep him moving toward the goal that God had. You know, when he, when he died, when he was executed, he knew what was going to happen. He, wasn't, he, wasn't, he was not uh, in the dark. And he actually said this, I'm going to stretch between two, whether to leave, which is more profitable for me, or to stay, which is more profitable for you. He literally had served God to the point in which life and death were a choice for him. Amen. But upon his execution, as you read what we call the prison letters, he says this, I've finished my course. I've run my race. He was ready to go. He says, there's laid up for me a crown. I'm ready to go. So we can run our race. We can finish our course. Amen. But we must develop that faith. And, and, it's, and it's this, faith that the power of God is going to work for you. This faith, I've believed. I've received. I'm confessing the word. I'm standing on the word of God. I'm in the process right now of receiving a miracle or a healing or a manifestation of the power of God. And it's coming by my faith in Jesus and my faith in the word, which is going to produce that power. Amen. Now, I, I talked about the other day, the, the, I had some, uh, uh, had a growth come up here on my eye after a bout with, uh, uh, shingles. And then it's about four or five months because after fall harvest, I saw this place on my, on my uh, face and it started to darken and get darker and darker. So I started praying about, okay, Lord, do I, do I need to go have it checked? Do I need to do this, do that? Because you always must find your path of healing. Sometimes it may go through the doctor's office or treatment or, 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 or something, but it may, it may be that God wants to do something supernatural that involves your faith. So the Lord, he only said, he only said uh, uh, three words to me. He said, speak to it. Speak to it. And he just said it real quick one time in prayer. So I started speaking to it every day. I look in the mirror and speak to it, speak to it. Well, the one, this one, it got darker and blacker. Of course, you know, the devil standing on his shoulder screaming, no, 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 you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I just kept speaking to it every day, every day, every day. And then one day I looked, it looked weird. It had risen because it never did rise, but it rose up off of my face. And I thought, oh my God, really? So I went to feel it. And when I went to feel it, it fell off in the sink. So I spoke to it. Bye. <laughs> Amen. Then we were in Austin ministering last week. Half of this one fell off. Amen. So what are you doing? I'm continuing to speak to it because there's a power that is in the word of God that is working through my confession that is destroying that which the enemy has tried to attack me with. It's that way in every situation of your life, but you have to make a decision. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be made whole. I'm going to get my financial breakthrough. I'm not going to suffer with this depression anymore. I'm going to receive from the power of God. It's going to affect my life. It's going to give me my answer, and you've got to make a decision not to quit. Now, go, go to John chapter 5. I wrote this note. We must oppose the spiritual forces that try to suppress the power of God's Word and His Spirit working, working in us, for us, and through us. Now, you've got to understand the Word is working in you but wants to work for you. 
and wants to work through you. That's the ultimate expression of the Word of God is to work in you, to work for you, and to work through you. Amen? Now, John chapter 5, great story. Is it okay if I read it in my, in my Passion Translation? Let me read it King James first. If I need to, I'll go back to the Passion. John chapter 5. Let me get there. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, everybody say a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, but say it, having five porches. In these late, now notice this, a great multitude of impotent folk, the blind, the halt, the withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Everybody say moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou, now notice this, will thou be made whole? Now, in the light of what was going on in Israel, right, at that point of time in history, the healing power of God had left the temple. You understand that? In David's day, they maintained the tabernacle. Solomon's day, they built the temple. Jewish people, when they got sick, they went to the temple. They went to the temple. They confessed their sins. They were ministered to by the priesthood, and they were healed because healing was part of the first covenant, and it operated in their law. Amen? So here comes Jesus walking up there. And he looks down at this man where healing in the covenant that they're living is is dependent upon them going to the priest and the priest operating or functioning properly, which they were not. That's why God was sending the angel to trouble the water because the healing power had left the temple where it should be. So they were sitting there, but because of the covenant, only the whosoever that first stepped into the water, first got into that door. That's the only person that was healed. Now you can imagine... The hope and expectancy that someone would have when told, hey, did you know down at the sheep market, all those people, there's bunches of people laying around on the porches. Now this is, understand historically, this is the place where they brought the sheep before they went to market in which they ran the sheep through kind of like a vat. That's where all that water was. And they cleaned those sheep, brought them into market because you don't want to sell dirty sheep. So that place was, listen, it wasn't so, I saw a painting one time that said, and this glow, everybody had all these glowing robes, you know, and they're laying around the pool all posed, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I thought, that ain't what that looked like. That was a stinking, nasty, like go to the feed barn, in, uh, the, the sale barn in Sealy, and that, that's Bethsaida right there. So all these people are laying around, and an angel come down and trouble the water. And somebody jump in, first one, boom, I'm healed, my eyes are open. Oh, the leprosy's gone, whatever it was. Now, when Jesus walked up to this man, number one, the Bible says he knew. He knew. Everybody say he knew. He not, knew not only he was sick, how long he'd been sick, and not only that, he knew how long he had been discouraged by other people getting miracles around him. Nothing will discourage you more unless you guard your heart than being around people getting miracles and getting answers and you're not getting anything. 
So Jesus gave us a word in John chapter 5 because he knew there was another covenant coming based on better promises that were going to produce greater results than the old covenant in the lives of people. So when he looked at that man, he said the only thing he could say to that man, will you be made whole? Now think about that for a minute. Because the problem with with, with your current problem, your current situation, now listen to this. Your current situation that you're believing God to break, you're believing God for an answer, whether it's in your health, your finances, your family, your marriage, are all, you know, you ever get those questionnaires in the Bible that says all of the above? <laughs> Sometimes we have the all of the above problems, amen? Whatever that, that, that may be, what you are saying is I need power beyond my power. I need power beyond governmental power. I need power. Sometimes I need power beyond medical power. I need the power of God to come into manifestation in my life. And the enemy, you must understand, has designed your current situation and problem to bring you into a place in your life in which you view yourself through the dark shadow of your problem and see yourself as a victim. Now, think about this man. We just do a little open-air meditation right here. It indicates, it infers that he'd been sick for 38 years. It indicates that, infers it. Now, so he's sick. Maybe he'd been sick 20 years before he heard of the pool. Maybe he'd been sick 10 years before. Whatever it was, somebody came to him and said, hey, man, I don't know if you know what's going on in Jerusalem. But you know what that sheep market, where they bring that sheep, sheep in through the sheep gate there, that market's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those porches. Yeah. He says, there's sick people all over that. And he says, not only that, he says, at a certain season, I don't know if it's every day, every week, every month, when it was, a certain season, there's an angel that came down into the water and troubled the waters. And when somebody jumped in the water, they got healed. Now, can you imagine the hope that jumped in that man's heart? I mean, hope jumped in. Really? Could there be an answer for my problem? Well, a supernatural answer? Oh, yes. I think the most disheartening thing that I could think of would be for somebody to come to a church and and sit in a church and have a horrible problem and then the teaching or preaching didn't even address it or didn't even address anything about how to get an answer. Amen? You know, that lines right up with how the enemy tries to make victims out of people because he became a victim sitting around the miracles of God. Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? You, You mean the questions, the ball's in my court? I've laid here 38 years. You mean the ball's in my... Can I really be made... I mean, there's all kinds of questions that that, that, that statement could generate. And then, now listen, church, that's why you've got to read the Word of God and ask the Holy Ghost. I like what, what Dr. Youngie Cho said. He, he built the largest church in the world. He said this. He said, every time I open the Bible, I play dumb. And I tell the Holy Ghost, I don't know these things. You have to show these things to me. Amen. So you can imagine how the, the, the moving of the, of the waters, the, the people getting the miracles, because it was mounting up. He probably went. Could you imagine what he thought the first time he actually saw it happen? Where he actually went there, and he's laying there because he's, he's, he's sick. And then all of a sudden, the stirring of the water. Somebody jumps in the pool. They jump out shouting they're healed. Well, I'm telling you, that, that hope went to another level. And another level after that, then he began to think, how can I get into the pool? How can? So he tries, and he tries, 
and he tries, and he tries, and he tries, and he tries, and he tries. And then this guy walks up to him and says, will you be made whole? So what does he say? I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the water. But when the water is troubled, someone always comes down and steps down before me. So now I've laid by a great move of God for all of these years and I've ended up a victim. So what does, does Jesus stop and give him five chapters of counseling? He gives him the only thing that will help him. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Period. Boom. And you know Jesus, he just walks off. He just walks off. Now you got you got to get this. You've got listen, you need to really, this is one of the chapters that I, I, I meditate in, probably the most out of the gospels, except for probably the the, the the four gospels in the in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But this one story has always just jumped out at me because in this story we see something that we really want to enter into. You say, what is that? It's a double stir because God gives us a picture of that at the miracle pool where there is a stirring of the Spirit of God that is producing miracles. But in the midst of it is the Word of God which produces something that those that get disappointed by the stirring of God can't get. So they get it from the Word. Amen. Amen. Now, we've said this for years. It bears repeating. Great men of God with great uh, uh, miracle ministries. And, you know, we, we've seen wonderful. We, we did a healing deal at, uh, uh, in Mexico when we were there, saw many people healed. But here's the thing. If what's working in the stir does not work for you, what you need to do is to get into the Word and make a decision, I will be made whole. You must answer that question. And then you must wait in the, in the abstract of the moment for the Word of God to be simplistic. How are you going to untie 38 years of disappointment with one phrase? You're going to have to say it on a level above humanity. It's got to be a word from God. Amen. And some of you right now, you may have been waiting for some stir to come into your life. And I'm not against the stir. I love the stirs of God. And we're going to see more and more of the stirs because I believe this, this, this double manifestation of God, the gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation and the move of the Spirit. And let me tell you something because I talk about, you know, standing against COVID and fighting it off and fighting off gross, trying to come on my body and all this kind of stuff. But let me tell you something that I'm noticing. It's happening quicker and quicker and quicker. You say, what do you mean? I mean, there, there are times I stood one time for almost five months against a disease before I finally got healed. It ain't taking that long no more. You say, why? Our time is compressed. We're coming to a place in time in which an entire dispensation is going to come to an end. So all it's like coming, it's like running down a funnel. You know what I'm saying? And as we run down that funnel toward the end, we're going to hit that part where it's just that stem and we're going to fall in to a great move of the stirring of God. But in the meantime, God's people are going to have to stay healed and prosperous and blessed by the Word of God. If you don't, Satan will make a victim out of you because there is so much going on out there that just about everything makes a victim of people. Now let me say this because I, I, I do my best to stay away from all kinds of political stuff and but let me tell you, church, I'm very concerned about this, this, this Roe versus Wade thing. Especially when I see the zeal of those that would fight and die to kill a child. 
Amen? I mean, I know in the spirit realm you're taking away a sacrament from them. I mean, the devil always demands the blood of the innocent. You say, well, Pastor, you don't believe all that thing has spiritual implication. My God, are you crazy? It absolutely does. So we as a church are going to have to pray. Amen? You say, why? Because they'll burn down the country over it if we're not careful. And I've heard the old prophets for years talk about, talk about race wars and people. It may not be color. Listen to me. It may not be color. It may be babies. So we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And we need to pray as a church that the direction that the enemy is sending this thing, you say, why? Because there's a lot of people out there that in the midst of all of this need to be made whole, need to be touched by God, need to be blessed by God. And the radical idea that you hear coming out of people's mouths, that's Satan himself trying to gain a voice in this earth to disturb that which God is designing and preparing his church to do. Amen. I don't, want to, I don't want to end up like Ukraine. I don't want to end up like, 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 like we've had to minister down. We, we were in Nicaragua right after the war started. Right after the war, I mean, excuse me, right after the war stopped. Oh, my goodness. Alan can tell you it was horrible. I mean, we had to believe God. Listen, you can ask God. We had to believe God to go down there and preach and come back well. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't. But thank God we did. Amen? Thank God we have all these years. You say, why? Because there's a grace on us to do that. But listen, things, you know, we look at the thing at the causeway that stopped some of the people from making it to church this morning. A lot of That's minor compared to what the devil has planned. That's minor compared. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to make a decision. There is something happening in my life. There's something happening in my church. My pastor's talking about the word of God. Listen, the, the, the sower is going to overtake the reaper. Do you know what that means? That means when you, what do you do? You sow the word. You believe God for the, for, the, for the crop to grow. Then you believe God for the wisdom to harvest it and put it in your life. God says, no, there's a time coming in which the sower will overtake the reaper. That means when he speaks it, it will happen. When he speaks the seed, the seed will manifest in the fruit of that which God wants. We are heading toward that right now. And then the stir of the move of the gifts of the Spirit, the double stir of God in the end times is what God is going to do to bring into the church the power of God necessary to reach the harvest. God's got a harvest on this earth he's going to take. Now let me say this, because this, this, this may freak you out. I always had this idea in my mind that everybody, everybody's going to grow this great big church. Everybody. Now this, this is, you know, within the past uh, 15 10 to 15 years, I've I've drastically changed my mind. But here recently in the past couple of weeks, the Lord has spoke to me and he said, it's not size, it's efficiency. It's ability to carry out the assignment that you're called to do, to reap the harvest that you're part, where you're at. Right where you're at. And then he took the phrase I've been using, the biggest little church in the world, and just exploded it on the inside of me. And says, this is what the Spirit of God said. He said, for years... Men have taken their ego and their ambition. They've stepped over the line of their calling and with great ambition built great kingdoms to themselves. Well, I, you know, praise God. I love big churches. I've preached in them. I've got pastors and friends that's got big churches. But in the meantime, how effect is your effectiveness on a supernatural level? The church's effectiveness has to be on a supernatural level because the world is the sheep market. 
And the water is the word. And when the spirit comes down and stirs the water, thank God for the supernatural in operation. Gifts of the spirit. Signs and wonders and miracles. But listen, church. Harvest. Thank God. There must be a revival in the church. And it is a revival of the men and women who have sat by the miracle pool for years. They've been in five churches. They've had five disappointments. And it's really not that the church is a bad church. Or maybe it was a bad church. I don't know. But at that church, they did not get what they needed for their answer. And I tell people very openly and plainly, if you can't get what you need for your answer here, please go somewhere else and get it. And when you get it, come back to me and tell me how you got it. I mean, I'm not like that. I'm not like, well, you can't leave here. We don't, no, 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 no. There's all kinds of great stuff going on out there. And in the midst of it, we've got to understand that just like that sheep market existed, I love this picture. I'll close with this. I know it's Mother's Day. I want you to beat the Baptist to the restaurant. Amen? <laughs> Here's this Jewish festival, this feast going on. And you can close your eyes and, and see the, like ants going into an anthill, all the people coming into Jerusalem. They're all coming into Jerusalem for this feast day. And Jesus, here he comes. And he doesn't go through the lion gate. He doesn't, he doesn't go through the, to, through the kidron valley. He goes around to the sheep market. Now think about this, church. Now think about this. Because we teach on such, you got to have faith. got to believe God. I agree. We all do. But who's the most discouraged man in Jerusalem? Who hadn't got any faith? He had hope at one time. And then person after person, their, their joyful cries of deliverance or a pain in his ears. And Jesus sought him out. Uh, you're, miss, you're missing that. Jesus sought him out. In all of his discouragement, and all of his, I have no man, blame, victim, it just blows out of him. Here comes the word. Could Jesus have just picked him? Sure. He, was, he had the Holy Spirit without measure. He could point it at him. Totally healed. But he knew. Jesus knew all this is being documented. God's going to write this in a book. He's going to give it to the earth. So I'm going to walk up to him and I'm going to say this. Will you be made whole? Now, if you didn't know the nature of Jesus, it would almost be an insult. Because there's people all around us every day that are, their, their life is, if you were to say to them, oh, well, well, it's not, it's not up to God, it's up to you, you'd freak them out. Well, if it's up to me, I've made a mess of my life all my life. But it's not you. It's the word that comes to you. It is the, that our faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God which is the spoken word through the heart of faith, which can raise a man up from a deathbed who's been sitting by a miracle move of God for 38 years. And all his disappointment and all of his heartache and all the other people that got all the other miracles, when that guy said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk, the word has an effect. Remember what everybody was saying about Jesus. He has words of what? Authority. He speaks with words of power. 
Never before have we heard a man speak like that. He said, well, I wish we could get someone like that around here. We've got him. He's right here. Oh, if Jesus was only here. He's here. He's in the form of that same word that raised that man off of that cart. I mean, off of that mat. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he says, by my stripes, you are healed, you have to make a decision. Will I be made whole? I think that's the, think that's the real fallacy of American Christianity, majority of the denominations. Sure, God can do something for you. He's God. But whether he does anything for you or not, well, that's really up to his sovereign will. What that does, that takes the fight out of you because you don't have nothing to fight with. But you got something to fight with. Not only do you have that word spoken at the miracle pool, you have the stirring of the Spirit. You have them both. You have them both. And with both of them, you should be more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. And you've got to make a decision. I'm going to live in the power. My faith is in that power. Now, let me close with this. I begin to experience that power after I came back to the Lord. Now, I experienced it many times as a child. My parents took me to the good ones every time we were sick. Alan and I, my sister, you know, they laid hands on us. Alan had warts. He had more warts than a frog. He had ugly warts, too. <laughs> and he'd rub them on you. We didn't like him. He'd, he'd chase you with them and stuff, you know. <laughs> it's terrible. Was it not or, or dad? Which one cursed them? He, they, was dad good one? He cursed them. What'd they do? They fell off. You say, why? Word. So when I came back to the Lord, there was a lot of powerful things in my life that had kept me in bondage for over a dozen years. Mindsets, not just, not just the material of uh, essence of drug addiction, or anything, but I'm talking about mindsets. I mean, you sit there and listen to rock and roll all the time and put stupid things in your mind and, and do all that kind of stuff. No, no wonder you're so screwed up. And I was. I was. And so I began to, to study the Word. God sent me a great friend, Pastor Mark Hankins. He began to just give me teachings. Just, just, I remember getting boxes at my house of, of just cassettes of, of teaching on redemption. I found the power I needed was not to change all this stuff outside my life. I was trying to make payments on an old beater car. I was going to Bible school. I was, I'd, you know, I'd work a little job here helping someone build a fence or, or work a little job here trimming trees just trying to keep some. But I knew there were things inside me that I was helpless. I could do nothing to change it. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do? I can't be thinking these thoughts. I can't be having these imaginations. And so I begin to apply that word. Will thou be made whole? But for me, it was the redemptive words that God was giving me. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. All of those redemptive scriptures that I still speak every day over myself were the power that I needed, the inward power, God working in me. And what was the power for? It was to change me. He's still working. He's not finished with me yet. But I've recognized how that power goes in. It can affect your personality, your mindset. It tears down strongholds. It gives you a literal kingdom perspective of everything. 
and a kingdom perspective of everything will certainly help you get through what's going on right now. Amen? Then as he began to work in me, next thing you know, things begin to happen. Doors begin to open. People wanted me to come preach. Full gospel businessmen wanted to hear my testimony all over the, all over the United States. And I think we even well, I went to Belize and we went somewhere in the Caribbean speaking the word and preaching back, back then. And all of a sudden, that word that was working in me, where I really didn't see really much outward working, I was still making payments on my car. Amen. Other things that were going on. But all of a sudden, instead of God just working in me, he started working for me. He started working for me. Next thing you know, uh, I met Leah. God was working for me. Uh, uh, next thing you know, more doors open. God was working for me. The church we were in began to grow. God was working for us. God began to open doors for us. I mean, God was, then, then as we begin to obey God and we begin to go out in Ireland and Grosbeck and Dallas and I preached up in Cincinnati, all these places we were going at the time, then all of a sudden God started touching people in the meetings. People started getting saved. People started getting healed. People started getting filled with the Holy Ghost. So God, he started working in me. Then he started working for me. Then he started working through me. And that's what grace does, see. A lot of people only stop grace, trying to get God to do something for them, but they're unwilling for God to do anything in them. And see, what happened with this guy is Jesus gave him a word that worked, and he got up and started walking around, and people were questioning him and persecuting him, and he was like, well, go find out for yourself. And then Jesus came to him and revealed himself to him. God worked in him. Amen? God worked in him. Got his eyes off the, off the stir mm -hmm. by speaking that word to him. When he got up off of that mat, God worked for him. And when he testified of his healing, God worked through him. Yeah. Now listen, listen. When God worked through him, Jesus came to him. Amen? Say, Pastor, why do you want to go all over the place, preach the word, preach here at the church, build a body on it? Because I know the more that he works through me, the more he comes to me. As long as I continue to allow him to work in me and for me, he can work through me, he'll come to me. And if you're walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus and living with Jesus and Jesus is on your mind and he's in your heart and you have this fire on the inside, you want to see people touched and saved and blessed, I guarantee you that is the abundant life that Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance because I'm the template of what God wants you to be on the earth, God working in you, for you, and through you. And that's the plan of God for every one of us. However he does it, we need to let him do it. But as he works in us, he destroys that victim mentality. If somebody else would just help me out, Jesus said, will you be made whole? So that's the question for you today. Whatever you're facing, so well, I'm just really believing God. What are you doing in your life that gives God permission to work in you? Will you expose things and say, Lord, I really need help with this? My thinking in this area is not right. It doesn't line up with your word. Lord, I really need help with this appetite. It's really destroying my life. And that appetite can be anything, anything that the human body so desires that has power over you. Has power over you. You know, uh, when was it, sweetie? Uh, Friday. I, I, my phone was broke, stuff, so they 
told me a place to take, you know, you take it to get it uh, fixed. We have uh, insurance on our phones. So I went over and I showed them the phone and they gave me a place to go and I went up there. So I was up on the mainland and I had to give this guy my phone. I didn't have a phone for four hours. Because of those four hours, I'm going to make some major adjustments in my life. Now listen to me. Because of those four hours, I'm going to make some major adjustments in my life. Because I don't want to be dependent upon a four by, four by three square box in my pocket everywhere I go. I lived without it for many years. I don't want it ruling my life. And I, I didn't really realize it. Uh, Lee and I met and we ate. And then uh, I drove home. And I, I went by the uh, uh, place to pick it up. And on my way in between the place where we ate and where I went to pick it up, the Lord began to talk to me. And he said, there's so much of this in the church right now where people are so dependent on something other than God. Now, it's not wrong to have a cell phone. I still got a cell phone. But listen, our dependency, and that's what scared me of how dependent. Well, what if this happened? I couldn't call Leah. What if this happened? I couldn't call him. What if that happened? I couldn't. And all of a sudden, I began to sense that in my, in my flesh. I thought, oh, my God. And the Lord brought that conviction to me. And I said, okay, Lord. And this is what he, that's how he presented. He said, it could be a danger to you down the road unless you adjust it now. That's why I allowed this to happen to you so you could see this emotion in your life because this emotion needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Will you be made whole? That our faith, you know why I stand here today and I'm not in the graveyard of the penitentiary? Because of the power of God. Amen. Because of the power of God. The reason we've been in ministry all these years and longevity does say something because of the power of God. And the reason we probably have more zeal now than we had 38 years ago when we started is because of the power of God. More expectancy now than we've ever had because of the power of God. Because our faith is not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because I've seen it change me, work for me, work through me. and I've seen it bring Jesus to me. And if we need anything right now, we need more Jesus. More of him, more of his word, more of his presence, more of his spirit, more of everything about him. Because I'm telling you, when that rapture takes place and you're running around the crowd, you're not going to be looking for me. Amen. There's grandma. There's daddy. Hallelujah. Where's Jesus? You're going to be looking for Jesus. And that God is so good. God is so good. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for every person here today. Thank you that you're working in us. You're working for us. And you're working through us. And for everyone here today, Father, I thank you that you touched their hearts and the struggles, the inward struggles, Lord, that we all have. Every one of us. Thank you, Father. We will be made whole. We will be made whole. Everybody say that. I will, I will be, made be made whole. Say it again. I will. I will. Say it like this. I will, Jesus. I will, Jesus. I will, Jesus. I will be made whole. Work in me. Work for me. Work through me. Come to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Real quick, everybody, you're right with God today. You're living right, doing right. Everybody, if you're, if you're saved, living right, doing right. Put both hands up right now. I'm going to look around, make sure everybody's hands are up. Amen? Amen. Wave them at me so I can see them. All right, that's everybody. So you have an assignment to go out this week, get somebody saved, 
or bring someone to church or lay hands on somebody. Oh, I'm glad you're so excited. Get to go out and do the works of God all week long. Amen. Glory to God. Stand on your feet. Father, thank you so much for today. Again, Lord, we ask you to bless our mothers. Thank you for our moms. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us someone in our life, nurtured us, birthed us, brought us into the, into the earth so that we could exist. Bless them. Bless them, Lord. Fathers, we leave today. We thank you for your mighty ability to protect us. Thank you. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. Therefore, we declare in the name of Jesus in our travels, in the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways. Father, in our righteous labor, all the different crafts, industries, jobs, thank you, Father. We're not subject to trauma or terror or the evil plans of wicked men. But thank you, Heavenly Father, that you raise up a standard in our lives, that you're the, you're the, you're the guardian. The angels of God are surrounded round about us. Thank you for all of our loved ones and friends. We surround them with faith and love, and we declare the protection of God on us in this dispensation, generation. Jesus, you said you would never leave us or forsake us, that you would be with us always, even until the end of the age. Therefore, we ask for and appropriate that grace we need for these last days. Father, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that abides and empowers. We give you permission to stir it, stir it, all the stirring of the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke, let it stir, but let the Word live mightily in us. Let the sower overtake the plowman. Let the Word produce on the same level as the Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name that we'd be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.